Welcome to The Broken Arrow, a traditional bow hunting podcast brought to you by Addictive Archery, with your hosts, Schaefer Magnet and Chris Siegel. Schaefer, how the hell are you? Oh, not too bad. Yourself, Bill? I'm doing all right. Awesome. We we have Chris on the line, too, here. Hi, Bill. Hey, Chris. How are you? Good, man. How's things? Good, thank you. Doing good. It's been a long time since I talked to you, Schaefer. I know, right? It's it's Other than a text here and there, it's uh, been pretty quiet. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you know, last time you had the, the other podcast going, I think that was the last time I spoke to you, and you've become a father since then, haven't you? I have, yes. That's definitely the... Uh, the biggie so it's uh it's been great that's for sure that's good father it's something to enjoy absolutely sure. chris, chris i've never met you you're from pennsylvania i am yeah uh northeast part of the state oh cool you're you're in you're in new york right or, no you're in connecticut you're in connecticut that's right that's connecticut. right yep connecticut yep not too far away born and raised here awesome of course these days you spend more time in florida <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I try to. I try to. I, pre- I pretend I'm retired. I'm not really, but I pretend a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a few years from pretending, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I'll we'll put it this way. All four kids still live at home, and my youngest is 16. She's got another year of high school and then college. So, like I said, I'm just pretending. I, I got 35 years of running equipment. I probably got 10 more to go. So. Oh, boy. How's the hearing? <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. That's good. I've worn ear protection. My father never wore ear protection. I did, so uh, my ears my ears are still pretty good. I can still hear a, hear a deer coming through the woods. All right. Uh, I got well, a that's co- good. I got a constant ringing. <laughs> yeah. From what? Yeah. From the who, who, from mechanic work or no? Thirty five years of drums. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have been wearing that's ear protection. Good. Okay, that's Chris. Okay, yeah, my hearing yeah. isn't so. I thought it was safer. <laughs> <laughs> I always get ma- I always get made fun at work because uh, you know I'm a mechanic and it is way more likely I will grab a set of earmuffs before safety glasses. It's just no. like for some reason, just loud noises really bother me. But rocking the safety squints is totally okay with me for nine out of ten things. I, I you got to be. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said, you just got to be careful, that's all. Yeah, exactly. Fast reflexes still. I, I spent a couple of years working in a ductwork shop and running an air ham- hammer on uh, 22-gauge, uh, what do you call it, um, metal is just, oh, I, I probably should have been wearing ear protection then, too, and I don't think I did much. Yeah. Well, you're, you're going to regret it as you get older. And oh, like I said, I, yeah. I always was smart enough to do it. My father grew up on a farm running equipment, and then running heavy equipment in the business and um he he, he never wore them till later on in life like i, I didn't see him wear them till he was almost 40 and he, he's paying for it now you know yeah um but at least the one smart thing i did was put some earplugs in so i'm still pretty good but again you got to be careful with that stuff so oh absolutely anyway yeah. so i guess we should talk some archery huh exactly. sure yeah i think that's what we all love now this this could go a lot of lot of directions. I guess we should for those who somehow don't know you, Bill. You should probably go over and just give you a, a quick uh, explanation of who you are and oh, some of the awesome stuff you've done over the years. 
Well, I was, you know, born born and raised into a hunting family and um, took off with it. And um, long story short, I used to love watching Fred Bear videos, and I decided in the early 90s to start filming myself. And people have told me that I'm one of the first guys that, you know, got into the self-filming and, um, of course, a love for traditional archery. And I just wanted to, to share hunts, basically. Um, you know, I, I, I never got into selling ideas or techniques or anything like that. Um, just just sharing just sharing, um, you know, the adventures and whatever I did. And it turned into the, the, the videos. I, I started when there was VHS and um, then it moved, moved to DVDs. And uh, now now we've moved on to YouTube. So I've, I've kind of kind of seen it all over the years. And it's been a fun trip. Got to meet a lot of good people and travel the world doing it. So really enjoying it. And now you younger fellers are <laughs> taking off with stuff. And I, I like to watch you guys do it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I am still the proud owner. Well, I guess technically my dad is, but I'm in possession of them, of a few of the VHSs from back in the day. If I were to get a, you know, a VHS player to work, they would still be nice yeah. and functional. Well, rare commodity. I probably only have one or two left, but yeah, we started off with that and um been in a long time, so I've seen technology change and I've tried to keep up with it and um in fact as we speak at some point here i've got to get uh upgrade my computer because it's it's struggling now with the newer cameras that i got and trying to upload stuff to youtube i get it done but it takes longer than it should just because i haven't kept oh, yeah. up with the technology computer you know have you just out of, out of left field here have you been using a mac or a pc I use a Mac. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 an OS 10, so it's it's ancient. Yeah, yeah. You'll stick with it though. You'll stick with another one. I think so. Um, I like the Final Cut program. I'm yeah. using the Final Cut Pro now, and I like that program. I'm used to it. And like like I said, I've run heavy equipment all my life. I've been in construction my whole life, so I had to, I had a younger brother who was pretty tech savvy, and he got taught me how to edit years ago. Long he he's married with four kids, and he was just a young kid teenager still living at home with my parents and he'd come over and show me how to use the computer and and uh kind of taught me and i'm self-taught and even the program i have now i don't know how to use all the tools in it but <laughs> I, I know enough to, to get it done <laughs> oh, i i did premiere pro for a while um the out of the adobe yeah. suite and there's so many there's like i'm i probably knew like an eighth of that program um yeah what what were you doing back with like vhs and stuff like that for editing were you farming that out or were you still doing it yourself no, no, I didn't. I didn't start doing it. Um, well, let me take that back. Uh, yes, I'll, I'll take a step back. When I first got into it, I hired a guy. Um, he was a few towns over from me. He was actually uh, in a in a rock band, and somehow on the side he did video editing. So I was just kind of back then. I was looking through the yellow pages. You know, you didn't Google anything. Right. So I looked at the yellow, page and I found him, and. Um, I, I built a pretty good relationship with him and um, I'd go to his studio with all my raw footage and I'd sit there and do voiceovers and tell him where I wanted it to cut and fade in and, and so on and so forth and kind of told him what I wanted and he did it for me. So I, I learned some that way. And then, um, you know, as time got on to try to save money because I was paying him pretty good money and then I would just take the masters and have them reproduced. And again, it started off with VHS and then DVD. And then finally, I, you know, talking to my younger brother, who was pretty tech savvy, I said, I want to learn to do this myself because it'd just be simpler if I can come home with footage, sit down behind the computer and get it done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's so that, that's where I went. It's very obtainable these days. I mean, the amount of stuff we can do on our own is, is awesome. I mean, like we 
we record all the the intros. We were talking about this last last episode, but like I play all the music for our intros, and I, I do that everything sitting here at my desk with a guitar, you know, or I have I have a set of electric drums I'll plug right into the computer and it records it and it's amazing sound. So yeah, it's pretty cool to see that tech come out over the years. I'm sure you've seen it all. Oh yeah, when I when I first started it, it was our you know it was archaic what the home computer could do. So I had to go have someone do it. Plus I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to film hunts and put videos out there, and I had no idea what I was doing. That's awesome. So I, you know, yeah. Contacted guys and guys to help type thing, you know. What, I mean, not not to stay on this track too long, but what about cameras? I mean, what did you start off with, and how big were they? Well, uh, I started off with a Super VHS, and then uh, actually my wife bought me that for a Christmas present before we were even married, so you're talking like almost 30 years ago. And then from the Super VHS camera, which was like shoulder mounted, yeah, we, yeah. Went to the VX, <laughs> we went to the Sony VX2000s, and then now I got the Sony, uh, I think it's the 900X. I don't have one here in front of me. It's either See. the X900 or 900X we're using now, which are much smaller. <laughs> um, so anyway, I've gone through a couple of those. You know, I dropped, On this last hunt down in Florida, I like camera fell over and smashed parts all over oh, the, no. the deck down in Florida. Oh, so it, it still works. Used it for the rest of the hump, but I got to buy some new components for it. But we're kind of rough on equipment, I guess. See, that original camera would probably be an appropriate usage of the term rig. That was a rig yeah. you ran. <laughs> Man, we, we, we had one when I was a kid. I remember going on family vacations and my dad lugging that thing around, and it was like a suitcase, and you actually put the the VHS tape directly in it. It was a riot. Well, That's exactly what it is. Yep, that, yep. That, was, that was the hot time. Oh yeah, cutting edge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I still have it. I still have it. I've kept all the cameras and it's in a suitcase and it has like a rubber pad and a little, you know, spot uh, <laughs> for to sit on your shoulder. <laughs> that is awesome. It's, you got, it makes me feel old. <laughs> uh, I wonder. We, I, we have one. We had one when I was a kid, and I wonder where it is now. That yeah, they were yeah. huge. They were cool. So, yeah. Of- so, Bill, you had a you had an experience on one of your videos that reminded me of our friend Brad's experience. He had an okay. incident with a uh, individual that wasn't dressed too fondly, and okay, I remember yeah. I remember you having a streaker walk by you in a field. Yeah. So did you have the pleasure yeah. of editing that, or was it the guy down the street? <laughs> no, the guy the guy that I hired. It was pretty funny. I, I was. Uh, did you my warn father, him? <laughs> you know, my, yeah, I let him know it was coming. Um, yeah, that was funny. My father had bought a piece of property, a 36-acre piece of property in town when I was a baby, like 1970, the year I was born. And he sat on it forever and ever and ever. And he used to let me hunt it because he had the family farm that was about five miles away that was a couple hundred acres. And so I'd hunt the little 36-acre piece. And there was a, a couple houses down over the bank on, on, a, on a little dirt road that bordered the property. And apparently, because the guy came from that direction, he had a blue cup. I don't know what was in the cup, and he had, like, blue slippers on. He was completely naked, and he walked right by me at about 40 yards. Um, I, I didn't take him. He was only a spike horn, but um, it was, <laughs> it was uh, that was a weird experience. I felt very uncomfortable. I kept, I just kept quiet. I was kind of scared, to be honest with you. It was yeah. the weirdest weirdest thing. I was, I was young. I was in my mid-20s when that happened. But uh, So the binos didn't come out is what you're saying. <laughs> no, no way. Nope. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, that's that's yeah. too good. That Stuff you good see in the woods, ne- right? Never saw the guy. Never saw the guy again. I don't know whether it was his daily route, and he was just missing me or whatever. And we happened to cross paths, but yeah, that well, was he could have. He may have just been clothed. 
just different yeah. different perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's a true story. Uh, that one day he decided to make it in the woods. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, what gets you to that point? That's well, just you know, you know, whatever makes you happy, I guess. Yeah, you know, there's, 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 there's nudist colonies, I guess, and maybe he just wasn't. <laughs> he decided He's to do it on up. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's weirder things out there, so you know it could have been worse. Yes, especially yeah. in today's world. Oh, we won't yeah. Go down that yeah. rabbit hole. No. It, oh, it could man. have been for sure. Well, I, I'll tell you another story. I was hunting on a Thanksgiving years ago, and I didn't have a video camera with me. And I was hunting off a, um, there was like a right-of-way that went through the property. And I was probably 100 yards from it. There happened to be oak trees that were dropping. And um, it was just an old woods road that uh, went, went through this piece of property. And I was hunting about 139 acres. And there was a bunch of other acreage beyond it, um, a larger landowner owned that I didn't have permission. But there was this old right-of-way that occasionally people would walk on. Well, it was Thanksgiving morning. I'm sitting there high up in a hemlock. And I hear something coming, and I look, and I see a jogger coming. Well, this jogger's coming down the road, and he gets about even with me, and he turns and comes right at me. And he gets within <laughs> 30 yards of me, pulls his shorts down, and he, he must have had a burrito the night before or something. He just couldn't handle it. <laughs> Let it go. Right? And I'm sitting there trying not to laugh. And <laughs> he got done doing what he was doing. And took pulled the shorts up and ran back out on the right away and just kept running down the road. That, that was one, another one of the strangest things I've ever seen. And unfortunately, I didn't have a camera for that. But oh that was a good gosh! One. Did he wipe? I don't know if we wanted a camera for that one. Do, do, do we want to no, know? No. I... He was like, he was one of these pro runners too. You know, it's like twenty degrees out, and all he has on is a tight t-shirt and short shorts, and he's running in that weather. So. I think he did that type of stuff quite often. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, they're a different breed. That was oh. a weird one. That was a, that was a weird one. But anyways, I feel like we used to ask what was the weirdest thing you saw in the woods, and you may have just one. We just got that out of the way. Those, yeah, those two right there. Those two right there. I mean, you, you can't make that stuff up. I just uh, it was just odd, strange, right place at the right time. I guess I don't know. <laughs> just just uh, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Cool. I think a good segue from that, I'm not sure how it's a good segue, but <laughs> another thing we really enjoy asking on this podcast, Bill, is your uh, your, for, your first traditional harvest. My first traditional harvest, I was hunting with a, a Tom Connell recurb. It was a one piece, a guy out of Massachusetts um, built it. I've never seen or heard of many of them. He was around for a while in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. And I was using wood shafts, wood zwicky, uh, two blades on them. And uh, I was hunting in an apple orchard. And a, a spike horn and what I thought was a doe came in. And what I thought was a doe got in front of me and I shot it. And I hit it low, right in the armpit. And I watched it run up the hill. And it, I, I could tell it was hurt, but it just bedded down with its head up underneath one of the apple trees up on top of the hill. So I left. And I had killed a few deer with a gun um before that i shot my first year when i was 11 years old but this is i was like 17 or 18 okay and uh, hunting with that tom connell recurve and anyways there was a couple other uh my future brother-in-law and a cousin of mine we all had permission to hunt the property so long story short i go and meet them and we're all kind of new to it and so i told him the story so we waited a while and uh went in after dark and we walked up to the the orchard was kind of like on a steep hill and it was mowed in between 
just a hay field. And uh, anyways, we get up to it and the deer's dead and we got there and I ended up hitting it low, but I, I put the two blade Zwicky right through its heart and uh, it was oh, dead right kidding. there. And it ended up, I call it the acorn bucket. looks like it has about, I don't know, the size of a quarter, uh, just little nubs on its head. Like it had acorns and it wasn't like a button buck. It was like a one or two year old deer, you know? Oh, no kidding. So yeah, that was my first harvest and that was the late, late eighties. Late eighties. I, yeah. you know, while, while we're, while we're back in that, that era and you were using the big cameras, you got any funny stories yeah. about maybe like scaring off a deer or anything with, because of the camera equipment? Well, uh, oh, it happens all the time. And people ask me that all the time and younger hunters around here that have thought about getting into it. They, they, they're like, how do you do it? And I said, well, it's the same thing. Like, how do you kill a deer with a recurve bow or longbow? You, you have to hunt with them. You don't just hunt 10 days out of the season. The rest of the time you hunt with a compound or a gun or whatever, you, you commit to it. And that's exactly what you have to do when you're yourself. You have to commit to it and you take the good with the bad and there's no way around it. Um, oh, yeah. But at that time, when I shot my first deer, I wasn't even filming by then. It was the early 90s. I think it was 1993 or 94 is when we got our first uh, kill on I got my first kill on camera and it's a, it's a hog we called Bootsy because it, had, it was a black hog with white white feet um I think the front feet were white and um I had gotten some footage of it the night before and I brought it back to camp and it, I was actually hunting with the Wenzels at Nicky Ross a guy down in uh Florida awesome um, yeah Nicky Ross ran a hunt and um uh, I think Paul Bruner was there too actually no I think it was just the Wenzels on that one and anyways, I brought the footage back. We watched it on the Super VHS. My father had been filming, and one of the Wenzels named him Bootsy because it had white feet. And, of course, they made a little story out of it. And the next day, I went and shot that. And it's on YouTube. I, I put it on a couple of years ago. I put it on YouTube. You can find it. And I don't. I can't remember what the video is titled. But uh, anyways, I brought the hog back to camp, and the Wenzel started giving me all sorts of grief. Oh, you killed Bootsy. He's been around for a long time. I shot him. <laughs> Well, that was funny. Uh, I'll tell you a funny, uh, here's a real funny thing on that hunt. You know, the Wenzels are big boys and, and, um, we, <laughs> we, uh, they had like a camper, like a pop-up camper in camp. And, um, they, they go into the camper on purpose together and they'd walk to one end of it and they'd stand the camper right on end. So the trailer, <laughs> here. they did it every night. They did it every night after we went, you know, or hanging on a campfire, having a couple beers or whatever. And they go in the camper, do that and stand the, stand the pop-up camper on end and every night we laughed harder and harder it was funny oh that's too uh, good i can't imagine what camp with those guys is like oh it's funny you, your your gut hurts after a day because you're laughing so hard oh, i'm sure oh, they're that. just natural, natural comedians you know yeah oh that is too good <laughs> yeah oh i tell you another story i'll tell you another story uh <laughs> perfect I, there was a guy there was a guy in that hunt he was a friend of the wenzels uh, a big guy uh I, I can't remember his name. We all started nicknamed him Lurch. We didn't let him know we were nicknamed him that. He was a really big guy. But he's got, he's got a big pregnant sow, a great big pregnant sow. And the deal was you brought the, the, the whole hog back to camp and you dressed it there in camp. That, that was the rule. So th this guy Lurch starts skinning or, or gutting his hog, and um, he gets the guts out, and there's a placenta filled with piglets. So oh. Gene Wentzel goes up and puts a little cut in it, and he reaches in and grabs a piglet out of the placenta oh. and raises it up in the air and starts putting it in and out of his mouth. Guys guys are turning and throwing up. We're like, Gene, what the heck's going on? And, of course, he has the doctor's background. He says, oh, the placenta's, uh, you know, the fluid in the placenta is um, 
it's sterile. There's nothing wrong with it. But he, he was taking a piglet out of it and dipping it in and out of his mouth. That was another uh. thing. We didn't have that tape either. Oh, God. <laughs> that is – it's it's on par, I feel. It's just uh, – that's crazy. Oh, that's oh, right. I've never seen anything like But it makes sense. He, he knew what he was doing. He said, the, you know, the, the, the fluid in the placenta is sterile. But, but all, you know, everyone there is like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, yeah, I don't know. We talked long enough. To, there's a lot of stories, a lot of fun times, a lot of good times. Yeah, it seems like every time somebody brings the two of them up, they have a, a, an outlandish story that's just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, you got to love it. Yeah, we went yeah. on a few hunts with them. Um, hunted, hunted with them in Florida, and we hunted with them in Georgia, and we went on a, a Texas javelin and a hog hunt with them, which was oh, a real fun. fun hunt. But, no, good times. So, anyways. Awesome. No, that, that That's good. Now, throughout all the, I think I may have asked you this when you I, the last time you were on my podcast. Uh, out of all the mm-hmm. stuff you've hunted, is there any highlights as far as like favorite game you've hunted, or you know, just favorite hunts in general? Well, the, the moose always, the moose hunts have been really cool. Um, I think I told the story of hunting on Kodiak Island. Yes, um, I do recall that one. Yep. That, that was a cool hunt. Going to Africa was really cool. Um, so those those really stand out. I mean, I I, I went I, I was able to uh, I shot all five of the North American deer species with the recurve, um, and I finished that in Mexico with a coos deer that ended up making like the Boone and Crockett minimum, and that that was a cool hunt. So you know, all of them, every single one I've been on, but you know, like like I said, the moose hunt and the hunt for all the deer species, those were those were really really something that I, I think about all the time. You know, they just come back just come back to me you know yeah i know one of the uh, most impressionable hunts from somebody that's you know seen all the videos several times is uh that first moose hunt your dad your dad's on and he shoots that yep. he shoots the moose and then it turns 180 degrees and then he shoots it again that that's yeah, just yep. that's like one of my all-time favorite hunts you've ever filmed yeah that's a, that's a good one my dad calls that the polish pass-through <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> he loves to tell that story. That was a good one. That, I, that was some good uh, video on that one. It turned out good. Yeah, he was so excited. Spe- yeah. Speaking yeah, of moose, I, yep. I, I get a kick out of you. How, how often you're seeing, like, I mean, you have a good video of, of how many encounters of moose in Connecticut, and I, I never yeah. realized they came that low. You know, a lot of people in Connecticut don't realize that. And, and basically, where I'm getting all the footage, there's a limited draw area in mm-hmm. the town I live in, and it's the water district that helps serve water to the city of Hartford. Um, and it's about 4,000 acres, and you have to draw to get get it. And um, it's 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 a lot like Maine. The, the terrain in there is a lot like Maine, and they're doing a lot of cutting. They're harvesting a lot of the uh, timber. And so what it's done is it's pulled uh, moose down out of Massachusetts because it's just perfect habitat for them. It's just like the cutovers that you see in Maine, yeah, and it's okay. providing the it's providing the browse. And yeah, it's it's pretty neat. And like I've told the guys who run it, I, I told them you know you don't have a deer problem over browsing; you have a moose problem. <laughs> and they know it, but they, there's nothing they can do about it because uh, you know the state's in control of it, and we have no moose season here. Right. But it's in one area that's about. Like I said, it's pretty close to 4,000 acres, and where I've gotten most of the footage is in about the upper north half of it, so maybe 1,500 to 2,000 acres is where they're pretty concentrated. However, 
we have them all over. I mean, now and again in West Hartford, which is a sub suburb of Hartford, there'll be a, an occasional moose that shows up there. And they've pretty much been all over the state. But in the northwest corner where I am, um, you know, we have moose collisions from time to time, and um, they're here. Yeah. Awesome. That is cool. That's yeah. got to be that's got to be a nice yeah. little treat to run into one in the woods. You know, it really is, and I feel very fortunate. It's because I spend so much time in the woods. It's just like anything. That's how you end up with more encounters. And um, I like the deer hunt where the moose are. So I, I, you know, this this year I saw more moose than deer actually. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, well, the, the deer population is kind of down a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it is it is amazing that. Um, to, to, to hunt an area in Connecticut and see more moose than deer. And there's been years where my father, um, hunting a farm that he grew up on, um, where he's had more bear encounters than deer encounters. And we don't have a bear season yet. They're working on it, but the bears are really impacting the fawn crop as well as the bobcats and the coyotes. Now we can hunt coyotes, but the, we can't hunt the bobcats and the bears, and and that's part of the reason why we think our deer population's down. But anyways, we got off on a tangent there. No, that's all right. That that this is where what's fun about these. Um, have you seen a big resurgence with your bear population? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. Um, we've never been able to hunt them here in Connecticut. Really? And as every year. Yeah. No. And as every year. Well, not not in my lifetime. Okay. Uh, okay. Know, I've never never been a bear season back in colonial times i mean there was never a bear season well, when my seasons. father was growing up but, but they didn't see bears back then you know yeah uh we see a lot of bears now in fact my sister jill's house has gotten broken into i've lost over the years we've lost two pets two bears um oh wow and they broke broken in the garages and broken in the homes yeah wow yeah we're, we're seeing a similar in, in pa it's it's i mean you've probably heard of the poconos right Oh yeah. So the the Poconos the Pocono Mountains are a pretty good concentration of bears and like when somebody goes bear hunting in PA like on on my side of the state they go to the Poconos, but recently Mm -hmm. maybe in the last fifteen years they've like just blown up in my area, and I'm I'm kind of in a hilly woody area not not a whole lot of ag, and man I'm seeing bears all the time and I've I never saw a bear in PA until I was late teens early twenties. And mm-hmm. and now I'm seeing like I don't know a bunch of summer. I mean, especially as soon as spring comes around, I'm seeing them in my yard. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's really neat to see that. I, I like it. Them and eagles. Yeah, no, it is. It, in our in our situation, it's gotten to the point where they really need to open a season. The yeah. biologists that talk to are for it, but it's always political. Yeah, you know, always yeah. Look what look but what Jersey goes through. Exactly. Yeah, it's a they're mess. Getting closer here. There's 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 some talk that it may happen this year mm-hmm. um, because there's more and more encounters where bears are breaking into houses, are attacking animals. We had a ten year old in uh, the county I live in, in Litchfield County, that was attacked by a bear. No oh, way! Wow! Fall. Crap! Yeah, he was all right. You know, he was a little banged up and scratched. And I think they're, you know, and we've always said, all of us hunters have said. What's going to happen is is a kid with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the backyard on the swing yeah. set is going to pay the price, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and that's when we're going to get the air season. And, and it shouldn't get to that point. The biologists no. should make the decision. I think the biologists probably do make the decisions, but you have so many antis swaying the, you know, the decision, the, the decision that, making. Nobody wants to piss anybody off until their dog gets killed, and then all of a sudden they don't like bears anymore. Pretty much. That, that's ex- yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, so you see that with mountain lions in California too. I mean, they don't want to hunt them there, and now was it joggers and mountain bikers are getting attacked by mountain lions up on, you know, by yeah. the Hollywood sign and stuff. So, <laughs> my father's been followed out of the woods a couple times by bears. I've been followed out of the woods a couple times. We're talking low light. They stay about twenty yards away, and you yell at them, you run towards them, you throw sticks at them, and they'll they'll just trot away and they come right back towards you. They associate us with food. Yeah, you know, yeah, every, that's a problem. Every people put out to get picked up. They they associate us with food, and that that needs to change. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's a bummer. This but, is this yeah. this is not helping the warm and fuzzies for my bear hunt this uh, spring. Well, you're going to a good spot. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Where are you going? Uh, we're going to New Brunswick. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's the only the only part that I get a little sketched out about is uh, the whole walking out in the dark and uh, being around a bait that's supposed to allure bears seems like a an iffy. Uh... Well, let me <laughs> I, let me tell you let me tell you honestly I, I I've killed nine bears with the the recurve and uh, I have I've never been afraid of bear hunting bears over bait where they're hunted uh, because they have a natural fear. That makes sense, yeah. What I fear them most is in my backyard. When I see those bears that don't run away, because any bear I've ever seen in Maine or Canada while bear hunting, they turn around and they're gone. That doesn't yeah. happen here in Connecticut. You can yell at them, throw sticks at them, hit them with rocks, and sometimes they come towards you, popping their jaws, pounding the ground, and hoofing at you. Yeah. And I've never experienced that on, on bear hunts, you know. So what you're saying is you're the ice cream man in Connecticut. I so. Yeah. I guess yeah, they're... I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about it where they're where, where they're hunted, Schaefer. I really wouldn't. It's no. it's like it's like the buck in your yard when you walk by him and he sits there and stares at you. But if you see him in the woods, he's gone. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. When we're on your turf, we're okay. <laughs> yeah, I had a nice I had a nice sized bear. Um, I, I I screwed up. I just bought this really nice bird feeder. I put it out, and it was like two three summers ago, and I forgot to bring it in. And I know how that goes in my neighborhood, so I was like. About 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, whatever, it's dark outside. I'm like, oh, crap, the bird feeder. So I'm running outside to get it, and sure enough, he's right there, right? So I yell at him, and I chase him back to the to the uh, the tree line, which is like maybe 15, 20 yards from the bird feeder. And I run out there and grab the thing, and he's just sitting there. He was not even remotely concerned. I, I had a similar experience yeah. uh, this summer with a coyote that came right down mm -hmm. to the tree line, same area. My dog was out in the yard taking a dump. And he, he maybe stopped 30 yards from my dog, 20 yards from me. I have a spotlight on him, and he didn't even blink. He just sat there and stared at my dog. Yep. That was a that was no a, a, a tense moment. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, I uh, yeah. I ran at him, and he took off, and that was enough. But, I mean, like there wow. was a good couple seconds where he was just looking at my dog, and I was kind of like, oh, man, what are we going to get into here? But, yeah, yep. it's, it, I think they, uh, they show less fear when they're close to the house. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I have lot. I have lots of video. <clears throat> excuse me. I have yet to to just put like an all bear video out there, and and that would be uh, you know bear sightings here in Connecticut. I mean, I have hundreds of hours and lots of video of me yelling at bears and throwing sticks and arrows <laughs> at bears out of the tree, and then just standing there and coming and standing up against the tree, you know, and and not running away or slowly walking off. They just have absolutely no fear of us here, and 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 that's when it becomes dangerous, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Usually black bears are pretty darn harmless, though. I mean, but yeah, you're gonna get that until you're they're get gone. That. Yeah, until you get until you get in the way of their food, and and like you said, you're they gonna are. you're they gonna are. have a little kid or something. Yeah, they are. But um, I think there's more black bear attacks than there are grizzly. Of course, grizzlies are 
they got a they got a little worse attitude, and I think there being more black bear attacks is just because more people are in contact with black bears and grizzlies, and, you know. But yeah, and they're not getting um, killed by them. Exactly. Yeah, but when you hear about a grizzly, it it, it never ends well. No, no, definitely. No. Nope. Interesting. Bears are pretty cool. They're an interesting critter. Yeah. So who's going? Who's going on the on the bear hunt? Uh, it is myself, my father, uh, our buddy Eric, who currently is the new owner of Great Northern Quivers, and okay. then my buddy Josh, uh, my buddy Jimmy, and then one of Eric's friends, Paul. Okay. So it was kind you, of yeah. uh, what was that? You got a big crew going then. Oh yeah, it was uh, it, it was kind of a hunt through the PBS last year, and then I think it's still kind of through the PBS this year. But we we kind of had the crew together already, so we didn't necessarily go through the PBS for it. But Got it you. is uh, is this with an outfitter? I assume. Uh yeah, it's called March and Mill. It's like just over the main border. Okay. In Brunswick, so. It is. Okay. Uh, it should be a good time. I've never really done anything of this nature before, so it'll be a all new experience. Oh, it'll be great. Bear hunting's fun. I mean, when I've done it, <clears throat> typically it's an evening hunt. Um, most of the time that I've done it, we've always hunted in the evening. We've tried yep. hunting in the, in the, but a lot of times in the morning you're spooking the bears off the bait. So it's it's kind of a fun hunt. Bear hunting. The way we've done it is you kind of sleep in in the morning you know, shoot your bows during the day and then go out in the afternoon type thing. So it's a little bit more relaxed, not quite the grind like a, like a rut hunt would be for deer, you know? Yeah. That sounds pretty similar to what, uh, it sounds like because the, the outfitter said one of the biggest issue people do is that they don't bring enough stuff to do during the day <laughs> before you actually yeah. go on, you know, out and hunt. So yeah, well, <laughs> then bring a target, maybe, maybe a fishing pole, yeah, do some fishing, sure. but yeah. It'll be a good time. Did you, uh, what did you use for broadheads when you hunted them? Oh, I've used all sorts of stuff. I, I know I've used wikis and Magnus, and I used to shoot stinger broadheads. But, of course, the last probably four that I took, last one in Maine and the, the three that I took in Canada, were all with the woodsman. Woodsman? Um, okay. And I prefer the woodsman now. I, I you know, I, I have a whole, I have boxes and boxes of broadheads that I've collected over the years. And I like the woodsman for the ease of sharpening and the three blade flying true out of whatever I shoot it out of. And I like the three blade hole for bleeding, especially when it comes to like hogs and bears that yep. don't typically tend to bleed quite as well as a whitetail, you know, it, it has everything to do with where you hit them, but I've experienced really well hit bears that just don't bleed as well because of their fat and the hair as well, you know. Exactly. Yep. I know my my plan is to use a either a tree shark, which is just an astronomically large two blade, or a. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some old snuffers that Dave uh, Darling from Kalamazoo Bowworks sent me, and then I also have some inch and a quarter VPAs, which is really similar to the. Uh, uh, Woodsman's just a little larger cut. So mm-hmm. between those three, we're going to be hopefully poking a large hole. Yeah, well, I, my suggestion would be, uh, you know, uh, the sharpest broadhead you got that flies the best and gives you the biggest hole on bears for sure. <clears throat> awesome. That is that is definitely the hope because uh, we're, we're – Oh, yeah, I was about to say we're all progressively getting more and more excited the closer it gets. So we're going – I think May 14th is the first day of hunting, so it okay. should be a blast. In, in Maine, I, I hunted in Maine for many years, um, 
and uh, he, the 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 action was pretty good. It's always a fall hunt, you know, and the action was always pretty good depending on the natural feed. Now, when I hunted Canada, it was always a spring hunt, and there's not a lot of food out there, so they really come to the base, and you, you tend to have a lot more action hunting them on spring hunts than you do hunting them on fall hunts. So you guys should do well. I was about to say, I'm liking what you're saying at the moment quite yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you guys will do well. I know I know Ted Nugent has traveled to New Brunswick for years to hunt bears, so they, they must have plenty of them there, I would imagine. Heck, yeah. Might have to break out some, you know, Nugent arrows or something. A little tribute. Yep. <laughs> Why not? Oh, Get a little mojo. Good. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure the song Fred Bear will be played an uncanny amount on the way there. Oh, yeah. That's a great tune. Get yeah. you in the mood, right? Not, exactly. Probably not, annoy my father. Not Wang Bang Sweet. <laughs> no, no, probably not that one. <laughs> Different mood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Love Nuge. Yeah, my dad doesn't like watching the show, and, and he said, uh, "He says, how can you watch it?" And I said, "Well, he's genuine. Yep, Gen- he's genuine. He's a rock star, and that's who he is, Dad." That's all. <laughs> and clearly he's, he's having a good time. He's yeah, he's entertaining. I think he's a real good, in my opinion, he's a real good ambassador. I mean, I don't see any celebrities like him fighting for our rights like he does. You nope. Know? No, yeah. definitely not. He's the man. Freaking sweet. Uh, so another thing that you changed up lately is uh, you, you switched over to a longbow, Bill. I did. I did. Um, I don't know whether it was three or four years ago I was shooting uh, – my, I had a PSA, uh, uh, it was a, the all black one, uh, black Widow doesn't offer it anymore. It was all black finish. I think if you ask them, they'll make it for you, but they don't market it anymore or advertise it. And I was getting some erratic arrow flight and it was starting to make a little bit of noise. And I don't know whether, you know, I don't know what was going on, but I said, you know what? The longbow had been hanging on the wall forever. I just pulled it out that day and started shooting. I'm like, man, this feels good. So I decided to start hunting with it. And long story short, I, I think it's been three or four years now I've been hunting with it. And to be honest with you, about a month ago, I ordered the same exact bow in 50 pounds because my left shoulder is really starting to bother me. The, the construction and age is catching up. And uh, so I, I, about a month ago, I ordered the same bow. It's a 64-inch, uh, and it'll be 50 pounds at 28. It's a PLX. It's a takedown model. Nice. So I'll have, I'll have the I'll twin bows. Um, one will be 50 and one will be 60. So we'll give that a try. What woods did you go with? It's the coat. Oh, nice. Hard to go wrong with that. So. Yeah, real nice. Yeah, no. It's a real sweet shooting bow. You know, the 60 pound that I got. Um, and I can shoot it. And I can shoot it well. But to go out and shoot 25 or 30 arrows and it just this, I got some rotator cuffs going on in my left shoulder. And just the shock of the bow just irritates it a little bit so we're going to try a little lower poundage and see what happens you know yeah do you, do you know what grip you're using uh, just a standard grip okay you know chief i would yeah. mean to ask you this what grips on your uh psr uh mine mm-hmm. and i think back then there was only only the standard, standard right and okay. uh, the standard then was not the standard of now it's slightly different I keep uh, I keep trying to shoot the the PL and every time I do it it doesn't really agree with me, and then when Schaefer when Schaefer was down here a couple weeks ago when we were getting ready to go out to Kalamazoo he brought his PSR and I shot it, 
And I mean, that's their standard grip. It felt awesome. I shot that bow well. I was like, this thing's great. I think it's every time I grab a bow off their rack, I get the Toby grip and it's too fat for me and it messes up my, I just doesn't agree with me. So I guess, I guess come Etar, yeah. I'm going to have to try and, and really look out a, uh, a standard grip, find one and shoot it. Cause Chris pretty much yeah. buys a new widow every six months at this point. So he'll be due for one then. <laughs> By summer, I'll be ready to go. <laughs> I, I've always I've always kept it pretty simple, and mm-hmm. I have never tried other uh, grip than their standard grips, both on the recurves and the longbows. So yeah. I really can't comment on it. You know, they they work for me, and I still stuck with it. You know. Yeah, I I do like the lower grip. I have a that that's been my favorite on the. I have a, a PCH and a PSR, and PSA. And little, yeah, a PSA. <laughs> excuse, excuse me, a PCH and a PSA. I'm sorry. The PSR is yep. on my mind, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's haunting you. They're all haunting me. I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, Funny. yeah. I think I think I think that was the problem. Is I was getting one of the Toby grips and just didn't work with my hand. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I what I thought too when I when I went to the longbow there, I just um, all of a sudden I I just felt a little bit more consistent. I've shot the recurves all my life, mm-hmm. and I feel very confident with them, but. For whatever reason, that day I took that longbow off the wall that I, I think I had killed one deer with a bunch of years ago. It had been hanging there for a while. It just felt good yeah. for whatever reason. I don't know whether, you know, I changed the way I was drawing or anchoring or releasing or whatever, but it just, it feels good, you know. Awesome. A little bit more forgiving, it seems to me. Um, but, but you know, when I go down to, in Florida and hunt, um, I've got a, I got a 50-pound recurve down there I'm hunting with, and... Um, that feels good too, and I can switch back and forth with no problems, you know. Yeah. Oh, perfect! Do you ever beat that? Is yeah. yours a one piece or a takedown? Uh, uh, what the recurve? Yeah, no, the uh, longbow. Sorry. The longbow is a takedown. Yep, right. and and the new one that I just ordered is a takedown as well. Nice, nice, perfect. Yep. So another yep. cool thing you did a while back, the the longbow conversation spurred the 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 thought. Was you even made a self bow and killed a deer with it? Wasn't that with stone points to boot too? I think. Uh, no, I I never used a stone point. I I built three self bows and two of them were worthy of what I thought was worthy of taking game, and uh, I killed with the first one that I with the second the second the first self bow I built. I wasn't confident hunting game with it. The second one I was, and I shot that uh, that buck that I put on YouTube, and then the third cell phone that i built um i did not film the hunt but i shot a doe with that and i used um i think uh, on all of those i just used a, a woodsman head when gotcha. the wenzel woods first came out um and i used wood shafts cedar shafts in fact the very first one i just went to the hardware store and i got dowels and i had a whole bunch of leftover uh 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 feathers and i just glued them to it and i used regular dowels and they flew fine and, and i got it done you know i didn't spine awesome. them or anything that's great that's great what what kind of wood did you make them out of was it osage or was it hickory uh it was hickory native hickory from around here awesome perfect yep i have i have an ash currently in the works and then i have some hickories i gotta try and 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 do this summer i've I've, I've never gone down that road so i'm looking forward to it. it should be cool i tell you i'll tell you what it's um i i've just dabbled in it again i've only built three bows and i uh, and i've never you know napped my own heads or anything but it's such a satisfying feeling um the first couple of bows i built i went to a piece of the property my sister joe owns and i harvested the, the hickory off her land split the staves let them dry and built the bows you know with hand tools and it's it's such a satisfying feeling 
to take an animal with something you built with your own Heck hand, yeah. you know? Yeah, Talk absolutely. about field to table. Seriously, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it was really neat. And, you know, my kids were younger then, and they used to come down in the basement and help me, and, and I did it. And then, you know, because it's so time-consuming, as life goes on and kids got involved in more stuff, but I, I see myself maybe someday when I'm retired getting into building some bows again. I would really like to, to harvest all the, the, um, the um, materials from my backyard and be able to take an animal with it here in Connecticut, you know, take a deer yeah, or a turkey. Awesome. That would, you know. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's maybe, a cool maybe thing. Maybe someday. Yep, that's that's yeah. my plan. I want to take a hickory off our, our property, build a bow out of it, mm-hmm. and then go back and shoot a deer with it on our property. That'd be sweet, on the family that, property. That would be something else. Heck go yeah. for it. Yeah, and remember, you can't do it unless you do it. Exactly. You exactly. And you got to commit to it. <laughs> exactly. I guess oh. I gotta stop buying nice widows and and just you know, I keep getting distracted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was be... talking to my dad the other day, and he was making some uh, making his his uh, some broadheads, napping some broadheads, messing oh, around nice. with it. And, yeah, so he wants to try this year to take a turkey with a stone broadhead. So cool, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Speaking speaking of turkey hunting, if there's one complaint I have about your videos over the year it's my ability to learn where you shoot turkeys which is no offense but usually in the field behind them and i have yeah, really I i've usually shoot the same <laughs> spot on a turkey yeah no i uh we struggled with turkeys over the years it's pretty funny uh we really struggled with them and um i don't know we just uh there are nemesis i guess <laughs> we, we have pretty good luck getting on turkeys you know at least once a season but i'm not gonna lie i airball them more often than not of course i can't say yeah. that i usually shoot through the feathers a fan turkey mm-hmm. is a real uh son of a gun yeah well i've taken i've taken more turkeys in the fall by accident than i have calling them in and shooting them with a recurve you know um in fact the past two years my my wife's father my father-in-law passed away two years ago and um he handed down some guns to my boys and there's a 16 gauge double barrel 16 gauge ranger shotgun and i i told my wife and i hadn't turkey hunted in years i said you know what i'm gonna i said i'm gonna take your dad on the hunting spirit and i hunted with the um with the with the shotgun two years in a row and killed a two two jakes the first year and a nice mature tom this year and i hadn't killed the turkey with a shotgun in probably 30 years um so that was pretty cool that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. They were in the backyard gobbling this morning. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Pennsylvania. Like we've had, uh, I'm sure you're probably dealing with the same thing. We've been having some 50-degree days this last week oh, or two. It's been awesome. And yeah. uh, like if it wasn't feeling like spring already, then then I wake up this morning, I go out to walk the dog, and they're out, out back gobbling. <laughs> so it's it just like, oh, I can't wait. Now I'm ready. I know. It's strange. I mean, we could still get sub-zero temperatures and two feet of snow in March. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> I took a I took a walk today with my wife and I we were walking along the Farmington River here and I just felt like going fishing because it was so warm yep. it felt like spring you know and I had to remind myself I mean fishing season is open here but I had to remind myself man we could still get a lot of cold weather and snow yet we're gonna oh, get yeah. that two foot storm come March don't worry no exactly. no we're not Chris no, <laughs> no. we always do don't be fixing snowplows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they tend to like to run into things that aren't snow, and uh, uh, it does yeah. do some damage. We had a guy not to get you know onto the the plowing subject. We had a guy say he just barely hit a manhole cover. I have <laughs> never seen a plow buckle quite like that. <laughs> and we're talking full on dump truck 
you know, yeah. the the center of the plow was bent in, all the framework was bent similarly, and it's just like, oh yeah, just barely moving, fella. Yeah, yeah. you freaking came to a quick stop, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, we gave up plowing years ago. It's way too rough on equipment and men. <clears throat> yeah. It's yeah, it's I, I didn't mind winter until it dictated some some of my work schedule, but that's OK. Yeah, I, I can't imagine having to take care of a, a you know, a, a municipal a municipal plow fleet. I mean, I, I can't imagine the stuff that you see, like you just said, hitting manholes and everything else. It gets I, it's funny. I mean, I've only worked for the municipality field for, well, I guess, five years now, but I'm expecting to see a lot more interesting things over the next few off of some of the stuff my foreman talks about. So <laughs> it, it should only get better. You'll have some good stories. Yeah. You'll learn a lot. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's, exactly. a, it's a quick experience. That's for sure. Yeah. It's always, I get to drive the cop cars to like the dealers for warranty work. And it is hilarious being on the interstate because somebody will freaking blow by you at like 80 and it is just instantly break. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you would have been gotten already, buddy. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Uh, We've all been there. Yeah. You flashing the lights a little bit any time or no? No, that's called fired. (laughs) (laughs) Impersonating police officers. Yeah. I have occasionally wanted to just merge behind somebody after they do something like that just to scare them, but I don't know if that crosses a line. So. (laughs) Love it. Uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, we're not. We're not gonna try it. Uh, what else what, you go inside bear hunting? Anything? You got any other trips planned? Whitetails. Hopefully whitetails in Connecticut. Yeah, you coming down? I, I freaking want to. I got to uh, – I'm squeezing more vacation time out than I have this year, but we're going to figure it out one way or another. So. Well, if you can, if you, even if you come down for a long week, and I'm not sure how far driving is for you, um, there's some uh, big tracks to stay and if we can get some acorns dropped, and we didn't have any this year, but if we can get some acorns dropped, and in the early season, um, the hunting can be pretty good, you know. Well, I can uh, I can say I've driven to Michigan for a weekend and back, so I'm thinking Connecticut's mm-hmm. a lot closer. That shouldn't be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> when when Chris and I went to Kalamazoo this year, I left my apartment Thursday at three thirty, and I was at work Monday. <laughs> really. And we were in Michigan for a day and a half there in between. Wow. So it was a fun yeah, time. Yeah, you're gone. Easy to do. Yeah, exactly. I think, I know I went, I don't know where Costco, Connecticut is in comparison to you, but that was six hours. Okay, so Costco from here is over an hour. So you're going to be between four and five hours to my place, probably. Oh, that isn't too bad. No, if you look at the city, the city of Torrington is the closest city to me. Or if you look at Ski Sundown, which is in New Hartford, Connecticut, that's the next town over. Gotcha. Um, so that was a yeah. that was a fun. We went to the Cost Cob. There's an archery club there, and they hosted a traditional shoot, and mm-hmm. it was the first one. And then, unfortunately, it all got derailed by COVID the following year. But my friend wow. Ethan and I left here at two o'clock in the morning, got there, shot all day, and then left back for home at like three thirty, and uh, right. Yeah, we told each other we were going to get a hotel the next time and at least make it a two-day trip. But it was yeah. a it was a good shoe. There was tons of targets, tons of cool targets there. So that was a kill the winter blues right there because it was early April. 
Mm-hmm. I so. shot I shot Cos Cobb once, and again, this is <clears throat> excuse me. Um, uh, my I know my wife and I weren't even married yet. Um, because uh, I remember picking up my brother-in-law and his father had just passed and we went down there and we're kind of talking about it. And uh, my wife and I weren't married yet, but we went down and with our recurves and, and shot a cost cob. It wasn't a, it was just a general 3d shoot, but yep. um, that was the only time I went down and that was a long time ago, but it was fun. <clears throat> I remember I they had a, some sort of small animal in front of a, a big rock and we got psyched out. We both blew up arrows against the rock. Yeah, that sounds about right. You know, that, yep. that was the rockiest, I think, 3D course I've ever been to. Bad time to bring a set of wood arrows for the first time. Yeah, right? Yeah. The, uh, the, the funniest thing about going there, I think, though, was, like, my friend Ethan and I were just looking at each other as we're driving through, like, big city Connecticut. And then, like, it, <laughs> the GPS is saying two minutes to arrival. It's like, what? <laughs> this this doesn't make sense but it's just a suburb <laughs> yeah well that's the thing about connecticut is you don't drive very far and you're in congestion and people you know but there are some rural spots and when i where i live it's pretty rural and the town i live in it, only about 30 percent of it's privately owned the rest is owned is either state land or owned by the big water district there so only so much of the town is going to get developed so it's still pretty rural but oh perfect you, know, you don't drive very far and you can be at a walmart you know yeah. Now, on your state land, is it open to the public or not state land? Uh, private land is it open to the public? Unless, uh, or do you have to have no, permission? Yeah, you have to have permission. It's not like Vermont, where if it's not posted in over fifty acres, I think I don't, I'm not exactly uh, sure. Vermont's open. I I don't yeah. know how that works. I've always wondered. Like, can I just go on some dude's yard and technically be in the <laughs> be in the right? But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, here in Connecticut, here in Connecticut on private land, you for deer and turkey, you have to have written permission. Um, oh, cool. For small game, for small game, I believe it's just verbal. But for deer and turkey, I know you have to have written permission. So oh, it just yep. makes so much more sense in my head. Yeah, but. There, yeah, there's some the big tracts of land up north that it makes sense, I suppose, that it'd be open, but... Mm-hmm. The Vermont laws blow my mind when we hear that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I did, you know, they tried to keep it open and rural, and, and in Maine it's the same thing kind of with the, um, you know, the paper company land. You can just go anywhere and, and hunt, but I, but I've been, what I've been hearing is, more and more of that land's being bought bought up and um, becoming private, and people are blocking off logging roads with fences. So there's your gates, and people have less access now. You know. Yeah. Sign, sign of the times. That's, yeah, that's for sure. I know. When when COVID first started hit, Vermont kind of went through this weird spot where a lot of people were kind of seeking Vermont as a safe haven, and then this weird thing happened, and winter came, and they were shocked <laughs> that it didn't look the same as it did in July. Yeah, send them all packing. Yeah, it's starting to happen. Of course, yeah. if we have more winters like this, they might not leave. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's pretty nice. We're getting spoiled, that's for sure. Yep. Do you uh, do you have any more trips to Florida planned here soon? I'm going um the seventh through the twelfth of March. I'll be down there, and then at the end of March, I'll be down there with my wife. Um, I'm talking about maybe going in the next week and a half with another buddy of mine, but uh, I have two planned for sure. Uh, so looking forward to that. You know, this time of year, I pretty much shut down my business, although this, this year has been mild in the past couple of weeks, been mild and the phone's been ringing off the hook. So I, I've been doing some septic work and some, uh, did a pad for a barn, but, um, 
Yeah, no, I like to get down there during the winter, get a break from up here, and um, we got lots of pigs and deer and turkey down there, so that's always a lot of fun. And I know I've asked you before to come down there, and it's hard when you're a father of young children. <laughs> At some point, you got to get yourself down there. <laughs> you know, it was funny because I think when you were inviting me to come down, like I started to tentatively start to plan it in my head, and that's when my wife told me she was pregnant. And that... Oh, that... Okay. <laughs> That, that took well, a slight. I'll, I'll tell you a story. I've been through that. I went out and hunted the Milk River with a buddy of mine uh, when the Wenzels were actually still running the uh, Cottonwoods Whitetails, which is a long time ago. I went out there and hunted with him, and we were hunting an adjacent property to it. In fact, from my tree stand, the Wenzels used to have this old brown uh, suburban, and they took it to Texas on the Texas hunt. But anyways, I'm sitting hunting on the pasture. I was in. I could see him dropping off hunters in that old brown suburban um but anyways we went that one year and it was great and we came back and i told my father and we told friends about it so we made a trip for the following year to go back and there was four of us going and uh <laughs> after we planned it all and booked it my wife got pregnant and her due date was like a week before we were supposed to be on the hunt so i had to back out of it and uh was never able to go and that was my firstborn son billy was born so that would that would have been like uh, 1998 or 99, I guess. Yeah. See, Schaefer, that happens to other people. It's true. Yeah. And he was it smart and ever. didn't risk it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my father used to go up and hunt in Vermont when there was a deer behind every tree, and he'd go up in um, his old Chevy and uh, park on the side of the road and just hunt wherever he wanted to with the, with the bow and arrow and yeah. sleep in the back of the truck. And he would, he would, you know, every couple nights he'd call home my mom to check on us and the kids and the last year that he went um it was myself my sister jenny and my brother tommy uh he was my brother tommy was about 18 months old at the time and this is where my father tells the story he went to town and called home and my mom was in tears my brother tommy was really sick with like a throw-up bug type thing and um my father packed up and headed home and he didn't go on another uh, out of state hunting trip till I took him on one twenty years later on a bear hunt in Maine, um, just because he's home raising kids. So it's happened to all of us. Yeah, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, seems it so oh, far. Sure. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I have yeah. a pretty chill wife, so that that helps. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's important to have a uh, supportive spouse, and I've got I've got a great one myself. My kids have always, you know, they've been part of it. They're they're all older now, and they're kind of finding their own way in life and college and starting new jobs and stuff. I, I hope they come back to the hunting. But, um, you know, you get priorities in life, and your family always comes first. But if you got a forgiving wife and kids that will let you get away like that, it, it sure as heck helps when you're, when you're a traditional bow hunter, that's for sure. Definitely. Well, our due date was August 15th, which is approximately two weeks after the end of uh, Denton Hill, Etar. And mm-hmm. and my wife basically told me to go. No kidding. So I I went, and I found <laughs> it was a lot easier to say it was a half month away than it was two weeks. It just had a better <laughs> ring. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good that your wife let you go. Yeah, I was debating, and then she basically told me to go. And with the way it worked out in the end, I could have shot a few more courses if she actually had called me because it was a long <laughs> labor. So. We were we were home free, but it worked that's, out again. That's funny. Yeah. 
So so after this morning, I guess my my mind's on turkeys. When's your uh, when's your season opening up up there? Is it May? You no, know, for years it's yeah. For years it's been in May, but I believe I haven't even checked to be honest with you, Chris. I I believe it's the end of April, the last week in April this year. It was it was last year. I haven't checked it this year to be totally honest with you, but they did bump it up. Oh, that's cool. And does it, do you, do, yeah. so did you gain some? Did it just go earlier, or are you gaining a week? Well, uh, we're gaining a week. Uh, it, it goes early. I think hunters complained a little bit because the, the birds were strutting. It seems a lot more a couple weeks before they were allowing us to start. And mm-hmm. by the time um, it started, a lot of the hens were already on nests, and the breeding had slowed down a little bit. At least the rut. Oh, gotcha. Had slowed yeah, down. yeah. And so that's what I think it took. And um, so the hunting's been a little bit better. But I, I, like I told you, I'll be honest. I, I only been in the past couple of years with my father-in-law's 16 gauge there. And I, I've been out of the loop because I, I, I take off the month of November, no matter what's going on, I hunt. And so I've kind of given up turkey hunting so I can work and make money then so I can afford to be away oh, from gotcha. work ever, you know? Yeah. So I, fishing, fishing too. I don't fish as much anymore as I used to just because once November comes, I don't want to know anything about anything but fuck deer in the woods, you know? Yeah, awesome. yeah. My my uh, my. I used to be big into uh, fly fishing and trout season, and it, it's kind of weaned in the last few years. Yeah, well, you get priorities, you know, and yeah. other stuff that you're interested in. Yeah, we we're Maybe actually come back. We were actually just talking about that right before we started this episode. We were talking about um, tying and stuff like that, and it just kind of went away. I don't know. Um, I after yeah. about five failed hobbies, I have decided that the bow thing and the hunting thing will just forever That's reign it. king. Yeah. So I just don't get new hobbies now because I'll spend a lot of, of money and then not use yeah. it. <laughs> I think a lot of made that decision. Although last year I did buy a, a six-foot, two-weight fly rod with a little teeny reel on it. Nice. And I, I am planning on fishing for brook trout. Yep. I, I, I can walk in my backyard to a, a real nice little brook trout stream. and So I am going to get into it. But I haven't really fly fished seriously since I was a teenager in high school. You know, oh, I yeah. Just, priorities. I, got, I started working. I got so into shooting recurves and longbows and hunting deer and hogs and everything else that I've chased that I, I like, like Schaefer just said, you just kind of leave, let the other hobbies go, you know? Yeah, you're right. We all have, we only have so much time and, and, uh, yeah. and I mean, I think I'd rather be sitting in my yard that day shooting my bow than, than yep. walking up and down a stream. And that's, I don't know. I need, I do need to get out just to get my son out, if nothing more. So we'll get out a couple of days yeah, for. Yeah. Introduce him to it. You know, yep. You, yep. You, your role as a father but um i hear what you're saying we're all there i think <laughs> yeah yeah do you have any uh i guess do you have any cool hunts coming up bill and or do you have any hunts you would like to do in the coming um, future i would like to do a brown bear or grizzly bear hunt someday oh, but that'd be sweet they're outrageously expensive yeah <laughs> uh, i i saw that that's my like my bucket list hunt uh I, you know i was very fortunate growing up and working hard and always having a little bit of extra money because I worked hard for it. I never went off to college. I went right to work uh, with my father and I worked with him for 26 years and then he retired and I took over the business and I've been running it now for like 11 years. And, um, I just, uh, was able to go and and travel and hunt. But in the past few years, as my kids have gotten older and I bought the place in Florida, I really concentrated on that. My wife would like to end up down there someday. She loves the warm weather. I love chasing hogs. So I've, I've kind of haven't gone on 
any hunts in, in quite a while, but my bucket list hunt is to do is to do a brown bear hunt with the longbow or recurve. And I don't know if I'll ever get there. Like I said, I got a, I got all four kids are living at home right now. What <laughs> my oldest son, he's got his own car and he's got a good job and he's doing well. He's out of college. Um, but, you know, just getting on his feet. And my son Ben's a sophomore at UConn. My son Garrett's a senior in high school. And my daughter, Brooke, is a junior. <clears throat> so I got to see Brooke out of high school and in, in through college. And then I'll think about what I want to do. And, and I think it's going to be a, a brown bear hunt if I can if I can put it together, you know. But I gotta, I'm going to have to sell a couple dump trucks or a bulldozer or something to be able to pay for it. I'm, <laughs> see, I was just thinking a little bit of rent for the kids would go a long ways. Well, I know that would help. It's not going to be too much longer. It's not going to be too much longer where I'm going to say, listen, you got to start paying dad something because we buy all the groceries and everything. I mean, they're good. They help out around the house, but you know, Uh, it's tougher, tougher for kids to get started than it was when I got started, you know, to a degree. It is. We were talking about this last night. Like, uh, my wife brought up an apartment in our town, like the next town over basically was 1500 and some dollars a month. And we're like, we paid 12. I, that that's man that's that's just i mean how can how can somebody coming out of out of college just starting out in a career afford an apartment right now no like, you can't that's it's, why everybody's it's, living it's, at home it's, it's crazy it's, i i was fortunate i was fortunate to meet my wife when i was in college so yeah. like i've had two incomes so mm-hmm. to work with for a long time now so like it was I mean, we still haven't bought a house, and quite frankly, I can tell you, a mortgage around here would be a lot more than twelve hundred dollars a month <laughs> with mm-hmm. the way housing is right now. But well, I think so, the way a lot of kids are doing it, they're teaming up and getting roommates, or they're or they're just staying at home, you know. And as long as as long as like my oldest boy Billy, as long as he's working, which he does, he works five days a week, and then once a month he'll work six days a week, and uh, putting putting effort in. I mean, I will as long as he will needs to stay to get himself on his feet. You know, got no problem with it, and and because it's just that much tougher, you know. And at some point, they'll figure it out and and find something they can afford, or 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 find someone they can live with to to help afford it. But it's tough. It's tough on everybody right now. Oh yeah, everything in the economy, tough, you know. Yeah. I, I hope we haven't seen the last of the good old days, but man, I hope uh, yes. not. Not looking too bright moving forward, but hopefully, hopefully, get things turned around. I'm confident. I was about to say, no matter which direction you look in that tunnel right now, the the light is not great. Not looking good, no. <laughs> oh, but you know, there there's been there's been worse times seen, and uh, yeah, you just yeah. got to keep close to the grindstone and, and push for. I've said that to my father when I was having kids. I said, Dad, what kind of world am I bringing my kids into? He said, Well, the Vietnam War was still going on when you were born, Bill. We had the Cuban Missile Crisis. We thought we were going to blow each other off the earth. So every generation has seen tough, scary times, you know? Yeah, and we're short-sighted. We have Chinese weather balloons, this one, so it could be worse. Yeah. I I think (laughs) typically we're we're short-sighted and we're only seeing what's right in front of us at this point and not realizing, you know, my grandparents going through World War II and stuff like that. So, I mean, it it could always be worse. It could be always worse. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This has been a very diverse topic field of an episode. It sure has. It's a good one. It has been. We've been everywhere around the world on top of it, <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, this, is, this is great. Uh, you go back to the beginning, it, was, it started off pretty light, and then it got <laughs> in the bow hunt, and now we're pretty serious. But <laughs> well, hopefully it'll be entertaining for your uh, audience. Oh, uh, This is right on par for our normal stuff. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, it. Typical BS session. 
Yeah. Yeah. If there's one thing we're not, it's serious. No. So. Yeah. Well, hey, can't take life too seriously. No, that, that should be my not my middle name, but I should get a sticker that says that. Mm-hmm. Hey, any way you look at it, it's a one way trip to a dirt nap. You got to enjoy the ride. Nobody yeah. get nobody gets out alive. So it's, no. I, I told okay. my wife I wanted to be cremated and then poured into arrows and then shot like back in the olden days. And for some reason, yep. we, we went for a drive through like the the Benazette and all the, the state forests in Pennsylvania. And there was just mm-hmm. some of these high spots where you're looking down in these valleys. And that's where I picture the volley of Schaefer filled arrows. <laughs> that's really awesome. <laughs> that, well, yeah, my father, my father, I've talked to him about, you know, him being cremated and, and having his ashes put into like the handle of a bow so that he's always on the hunt with me, you know? Oh, that yeah, be, yeah. I mean, I guess I want to say awesome, but it is a little sad at the same time. Yeah, the topic field, it is, but, but, you know, it's, it's what, what, what are what other way to honor, you know, the life we spent together hunting to be able to take them on the hunt or have ashes and a, something around my neck, you know, every time I go hunting type thing, you know? Yep, yep. See, I would I would love it to be a carbon. That way some poor fellow down the line is going to, hey, look at the marrow, and then they'll pull the knockout and pour out Schaefer. <laughs> yeah, or it'd be priceless. Yeah, it'd be priceless to freaking booby trap one of the knocks. That way when somebody releases, poof, Schaefer <laughs> in the get face. A loud pull. Cloud full of Schaefer. <laughs> well, I, I make my I make my wife nervous because I told her I don't want to be cremated or buried. I want to go out on a hunt, way out somewhere, die out in the woods, have no one find me, have all the animals eat me and poop me around the forest and all little piles, and I grow trees up against me. That'd be eternal life. She said, "We can't do that." I said, "Well, I'm going to do my best to get it done." <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. That's, That's a good one. When I'm finally retired and it's getting to the end, I'll go brown bear hunt with a spoon, and maybe I'll get my wit. <laughs> I like it. There's a there's Just put a gr- an edge on it real quick. That way, at least it was sharpened. There's a there's a girl exactly. I went to a girl I went to high school with. Her grandfather they're up their cabin hunting for deer season the one year, and he went off and they never saw him again. And he was he was well in really? his eighties. Yeah, nobody found him. So maybe he, he really? beat you to it. I think. That is awesome. I mean, what a great story. I, honestly, that uh, you yeah. know, a guy out doing what he. Being reabsorbed by the by the forest by nature, yeah. Life. Yeah, I think I think that's so cool. I mean, not something you can get away with legally now, but if they don't find you, what can they do? <laughs> yeah, they were they're in some pretty big woods out here, so I, I I can I can imagine him getting, you know, being overlooked. But uh, no kidding. So they, they looked, never found. Him no, they huh? they never found him. Wow. Pretty wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's another good tangent. Yep. Yeah, no, just we've hit it all. To the... <laughs> Sometimes on an episode like this, Bill, I'll, I'll list some of the general topics as the title. I don't know if I'm going to have room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Financial advice. Financial Final advice. <laughs> oh, and bow hunting. Renting options. And bow hunting. It was supposed to be about bow hunting, but we just kind of got off. That's all right. They're all as long as That's it's entertaining, and it is. Yeah, they always From are. Babies to well, death with Bill Langer. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. Oh, this has been awesome. Oh. Well, this is how every campfire visit. You know, whenever I have family and friends down at the um, down in my place in Florida, we sit around the fire every night. And same thing. You just talk about life. Yep. You know, and that's it's that was like natural thing. 
what you just described was our goal with this podcast. Yeah, yeah it's just definitely. the casual conversations you spark up with somebody when you're at like a a shoot or around the fire. Just that that awesome conversation that will never be remembered. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's cool. That's I think that's a, it's you know like a campfire chat. I mean, it's perfect. Exactly. We we have we have so much fun at, at events like guitar and stuff like that when we're all sitting around at night just BSing, and we're like, let's keep that going. So yeah. this is our attempt at it. It's probably a What's that? I think you guys are doing a real good job at it, too. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. We're having fun. (laughs) We always talk about how depressing the week is after a shoot because you go. We were talking about it with our buddies that we went to Kalamazoo with. The next day at work, nobody wanted to talk about our trip. They didn't. They didn't get it. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody understands. You. You went where for what? Yeah, and it was awesome. (laughs) The hell's wrong with you guys? No. Oh, I have family members. They're like. You know, they can't believe how much time I spend in the woods. And I just yeah. tell them it's, it's my place to be. Yeah, you know? there's no better place. No. There's no better place. No. Heaven, on, heaven on earth as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. During COVID, I was the crazy person because I literally must have shot my bow for like eight hours a day. And wow. just, it, it, I mean, it was periodically through the day. But like the odds are is if somebody looked out their back window, I was in the backyard shooting. And that was... Wow. Day after day after day to the, probably the point I was the crazy boat guy. That, that, that's what my neighbors think of me. The other day they came in and it was raining and I'm outside shooting. And they're like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, that's called addiction. Well, I, I live I live off of a cul-de-sac. We've lived many different places, but I live off of a cul-de-sac. And um, my, my lot's wide open. I kind of sit down off the hill. And I have a telephone pole I buried at the end of our driveway because the bank rolls off. And I have seven or eight. Uh, McKenzie targets that are that are 25 years old. They're in all different uh, points of disrepair, and I just keep gluing them and taping them back together. But you come down my driveway, you see a telephone pole with a tree stand on it, right outside my third <laughs> yard, but right outside my wife's vegetable garden. And my neighbors come home from work and wave at me, and I'm up there shooting my bow at my old targets down in the backyard. So, oh, that's funny. priceless. I wonder what they think <laughs> of us. I don't know. They must think we're nuts. They, they, I mean, it's I probably the so. same thing we think when we drive by the person on the bicycle and the skin tight, you know. Yeah, yeah. Spandex. It's, it's just different. What yeah, makes you happy? Yeah. Well, yeah. I've, I've had some of my kids tell me that some of their friends that when they come over because of all the the animal heads and stuff in the basement, they're a little, they they're, they're not used to that. You know what I mean? Even though I, I live in a town that's rural and there's a lot of hunters in town, a lot of my kids' friends group aren't as into it. You know, parents aren't into it like I am, and they, you know, some of them said they, they get a little intimidated sometimes, you know, because they don't know what to think, you know, um, you know, because there's so many animal heads on the yeah, wall and yeah. whatever. <clears throat> but and I, I've told them I, I I don't want the kids to feel that way. Just come up and talk to me, and I'll talk to them about it, and it, and, it, and that's worked out well. You know? sit them sit them down and feed them a good wild game men- uh, dinner, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, all the kids love the jerky. Come over. Yeah, then then they'll understand everything else. It is a very clear cut message when you walk into my apartment. There is a wall with a giant photo of a white tail. Next to that is yeah. my bow rack, and next to that is an American flag. The there like you a, go. sums it up a full. Yeah, it's just that is my wall. That was the space my wife gave me, and I filled it. <laughs> perfect. There you go. That's yeah, that's perfect. 
Awesome. Yeah, a lot of my friends have a specific trophy room, you know, and my heads are throughout the house everywhere, in the dining room, in the living room, on the stairway going up, in the basement. You know, I, my, 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 my wife's been really good about it, so I'm thankful That's good. for that. See, mine are still out in the woods. I just haven't found them yet. <laughs> still still waiting. Give it time. Give it time. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Bill, I don't wanna I don't wanna take up your entire night because it's starting to get late okay. and you probably you probably gotta go to work in the morning. So uh, Yeah, and I'm getting to be an old man. I don't mind getting in bed by nine o'clock. I thank you and appreciate looking out for the elderly, right? Well, see, I, I'm on the other side. I have a six-month-old, so I also like to go to bed early because I don't know how much sleep I'm going to get through the night. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't – I never wanted my kids to grow up that fast, but when I look back on the – you know, when they're newborn and they're screaming and crying and, you know, I'd like to go back, but I don't miss it as much as other things, you know, I, just the, the loss of sleep and stuff, but it's part of being a parent and uh, bonding oh, with yeah. them is very important. I'm I'm hoping another six months she'll be standing and she can already hold her bow. It's just a matter of getting the, uh, you know the, the control over the body to get the string back. Now, Weedle she yeah. Weedle she flings that first arrow. Ah, oh, I'm gonna yep. melt. Just keep working it. Just keep working. I remember my oldest, my two oldest boys, Billy and Ben. And in fact, I, I was able to videotape it. And I think it's somewhere on YouTube. But when they, Ben could barely walk. He was, you know, not quite two years old yet. And he's out shooting his little bow, this little bent stick I made him with some broken cedar arrows of mine. And he's flinging them in the backyard. And th- th- that is fun to go back and look at that. It really is. And, and if you're just in the beginning stage of that and, and cherish every moment of it because they grow up so fast. It's unbelievable. That's the plan. I can't wait. It'll be a lot easier to just say, hey, Amelia, you want to go shoot? Sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And if she doesn't like it, I'll be okay with that, too. Yeah. Said very, yeah, well, very difficult. My, my kids were really into it when they were younger, all the way through like 14, 15 years old, and then high school and girls for the boys and, and sports, and they, they've kind of gotten out of it. And um, My son, Garrett, um, who's who's the senior in high school, he's getting into it. He was hunting when we were down there in Florida in, in beginning of January here, and he's going to come to work for me out of high school and travel with me more um, down to Florida. So it's looking like he's going to get back into it more, which is which oh, is really awesome. cool. Yeah, looking really looking forward to having a one of my sons as a hunting partner again, you know? Yeah, that's so awesome. But, all right, guys. Well, I was about to say, well, perfect. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks so much, Bill. Appreciate the time. It was nice to get to BS with you. We appreciate it. Yeah, you too. I appreciate you guys taking the time to, to talk with me and um, keep up the good work. Uh, and again, uh, hopefully I'll see you down the trail sometime. You guys come down my place and hunt some hogs. You come down here and we'll try chasing some deer around. You're welcome. Welcome anytime, okay? That's, Sounds that's good. awesome. Yeah, thank Sounds you. Great. Yep. All right. Good enough, boys. Good night. All right, All right Bill. You see too. you. Yep.